Thanks for downloading this episode of The MagPod, a podcast from the Magpie Anthology. I'm Tom Stroud, and in this episode we're joined by Rouse Limited. For the voice of the experts, we're talking money and financial planning with Ben Rouse and Ben Silk. And today, we're talking about employee benefits and the kind of add-ons and protections that our employer might be giving us, as well as the role of a financial planner, who I imagine is still a useful person in all of this. Ben Rouse. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. One of the main things I think that people assume is that uh, their companies are providing all these benefits and they don't need to think about anything else. Um, you know, they'll be absolutely fine. They'll work through whether they stay at this company or not, going through different companies with employee benefit packages uh, running alongside and they'll get to retirement and they'll have the little cottage with the roses and, and everything will be fine. The reality is it won't. There's a massive variation of benefit packages out there that are offered. So some businesses will just offer the standard government-induced pension schemes and others will pay much more in. So quite a number of companies that we deal with have contribution levels of 9 or 10%, um, whereas in a government-based work scheme, you're looking at about 5 to 8 as a maximum. Those differences can make a huge impact on your retirement investing. So it's important to understand how much of your salary you're putting away and saving in terms of pension. The general feeling, I think, if I ask my colleague Ben, and I think is that it's around sort of 15% or something that you should be putting aside. Yeah, numerous projections show that the government minimums just isn't enough. I mean, it's a start, but it clearly it's not going to give the retirement that, that people plan. So if you do have a pension offered by your employer, um, you should check to see whether actually if you increase your contributions, will they increase theirs too to try to help you get up towards that 15% per year saving. So what kind of things do people talk to you about? Because we lead increasingly untidy lives when it comes to being employed. The idea that a generation ago, you might have stayed within the same company for a very long time. That's no longer a thing anymore. So there are always comparatives. People move around. Businesses, in theory, are trying to be more competitive and attracting employees. What are the kind of things that people are talking to you about? I think it's when we're looking at people's protection needs. So they might have a death in service benefit with their employer. It might be four times their salary might only be two. Um, But there is something there. So we need to look at what their overall liability is and how much protection they do need and obviously then if they do move a job and the new job hasn't got that same benefit then there needs to be a top up somewhere or it may be that they move to somewhere which has got a better benefit so we can cancel the one that they're actually paying money for. So if you're given the option to pump more money into your pension scheme and if if your employer matches that that's generally seen as a good thing? Yeah I never understand it when I, I you know sometimes we meet with people that are working for companies and they say oh no I've you know I've opted not to join the pension scheme because I, you know, I don't think it's worth it, sort of thing or something. Effectively, what you're saying is I don't want any free money, um, <laughs> and that's that's what it is. You know, yeah. In terms of if your employer will pay into anything for you, grasp it and put it aside because it'll make a massive difference in the long term. So you should always start from the point, especially with the new auto enrolment rules. You should always start from the point of being in the scheme because that means that your employer is also contributing. So if you don't take that, you're basically saying I don't want your money, Mr. Employer which I don't think most employees would would feel. And again, there are other important sort of benefit packages. Some are more important to people than others. So some people might consider that private medical insurance is very important, and that's something that is offered by quite a lot of companies. You need to remember that that's a taxable benefit. So if you do have that, although you won't necessarily pay for the actual premium to the private medical, it will be treated as part of your earnings. So you'll pay some tax on it, but it's still better to pay 
the you know 20% of the cost of something than 100% of the cost so that's an excellent benefit there are also benefits which pay out on critical illness ben silk has alluded to the uh, the death in service so that's if you die you know your your beneficiaries will get some money critical illness is is if you tend to suffer from something like heart attack stroke or cancer and then there's also income replacement another thing which i always find amusing is that people are, are more than happy to pay insurance on their phone or their lawnmower or whatever it is but actually they don't insure the one thing that pays for all this which is themselves and it just doesn't make any sense yeah not all employee benefits are linked to a financial product or a plan one of the key benefits um, from being an employee is your sick pay and this varies hugely from company to company um, some of the best ones we've seen um, offer full pay for up to six months and then reducing down thereafter um, but at the other end of the scale it could be two weeks pay and then you're on statutory sick which isn't a great deal so understanding that there's also that there in the background also makes part of the financial plan in terms of making sure that we've got the products that aren't paying too much money in the early months and it allows us to use something that's a little bit cheaper if there is good sick pay in the background what should we be looking out for and maybe reading the small print on? Any type of critical illness plan will have a list of definitions and these lists of definitions vary from provider to provider. So if there is a history of a certain type of illness within your family, that's where I would look at the small print. Will my critical illness cover that particular illness? Ben Rouse, your advice for anyone who's currently employed or thinking about changing jobs, what would your takeaway be? I would look at whatever benefits are available. I would take the free money every time, but I would also check that if you are actually having to subsidise something or pay towards it, you understand what you're getting. But also don't think that whatever is offered by your company is enough. You should look at it in the in the light of your own personal circumstances and you know, just seeing a financial planner and having a chat through whether you should have anything else covered. You know, there may be savings to be made. It may cost you more, but it will cost you a lot more in the long term if you haven't sorted it out. And a final point, a financial planner is there... Throughout the uh, many stages of your life, there's a perception sometimes that you only go and see someone to talk about when you're getting to retirement or when you've uh, accumulated the money that you then want to manage. Actually, this is about almost like seeing your doctor. It's little and often, isn't it? It's exactly right, Tom. When you take out your first mortgage or you have your first child, you know, you need to make sure you've got the provisions there to ensure that there is money coming in if something should happen to you or your spouse. So understanding your workplace benefits will highlight the areas that need to be actioned and looked at in making sure that you've got a full set of um, protection provisions. And the other thing, Tom, is that, you know, with anything to do with financial, the financial world or financial planning, the sooner you start, the cheaper it is. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're somebody in your 20s and you take out life assurance, it's pennies a month to get thousands and thousands of pounds worth of cover. If you wait until you think, oh, I've actually got two 14-year-olds now and actually my heart's gone dicky and, you know, you won't get, you won't get covered. Um, and the same with pensions. And if, you, if people just started paying in a little bit of money, hopefully for their children, actually, on a yearly basis, you can pay up to £2,880. Government gives you a free £720 on top of that. Um, if you did that for your children as they were growing up or up to that, you know, the difference it would make to their final pension pot and, and what they have to save is huge. Okay, well, as ever, if you want to find out more, you can go online and check out Rouse Limited, who are a team of independent financial planners based on the Isle of Wight. Find out more about them and more episodes of The MagPod at magpieonline.co.uk.